2: What is up on a Friday? I am Brian Scott Rippey. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Rippey Writes Podcast. We've got Fresh Cuts with Greg and Scott Box. We make our Week 2 picks after a uh, horrendous uh, Week 1, to uh, say the least. And then uh, some quarterback thoughts at the top before we get into that. So a good Friday show for you to maybe make the drive to Oxford or wherever you may be headed or whatever you may be doing, a little bit more bearable. Before we get to that, though, I wanted to remind you, the podcast is brought to you by Mims Insurance. Matt Mims, independent insurance agent based in Oxford. Matt Mims wants to make insurance easy for you. Gas is expensive right now. Groceries are expensive. Literally everything's expensive. You don't want to lose money just because you don't know what the insurance process is like and how to go about it. It can be overwhelming. I get it. It's uh, it, You never know which provider to go with, which rate is the best. Matt Mims's entire job is to take all of that away and make things as easy as possible for you. He's an independent insurance agent licensed anywhere in the state of Mississippi. He's based in Oxford, but he can service you anywhere in the Magnolia State. All you got to do is give him a call, and whatever it is that you need insured, it's a house, life insurance, a boat. If it's a boat, congrats on your boat. That's pretty sick. Um, Whatever it is that you may need insured, he's going to get that taken care of for you. You call him at 601 218 7854. You tell him the deal. He shops around a quote with 10 different insurance agencies, and his entire job is to get you the best possible quote. Then you sign up, and boom, you're insured. No headaches, no hassle. That's it. He's a good buddy of mine. He's an old miss guy. Do uh, business with a fellow rebel if you're so inclined. Wouldn't send you to someone I don't trust. A great dude, a sharp guy, and is going to make insurance easy for you. Check him out, MIMS Insurance, there in Oxford. Podcast is also brought to you by Skybox Sports Picks. Who is Skybox Sports Picks? Well, glad you asked. They're the world's best gambling handicapping website. The inventors of the Skybox Matrix interval, an advanced modeling mechanism that has helped propel Skybox to the top of the sports handicapping industry. Skybox, survive in advance, it sounded like this week. I believe 4-3 and three through Saturday. Um, winning record. Had a couple of tough luck on some uh, Georgia State block punts, some weird over-under stuff, but hey. That's the difference between, you know, you losing your ass the first week and Skybox still leading you to a winning record. They are the professionals. They're going to have a picks package to fit your price range month-long, season-long. We got NFL coming up on Thursday. College football is in full swing. You're going to want to go check out my guys at Skybox because they are the only way to profit in the long run. You are going to end up in a hole. You are going to end up regretting the fact that you ever opened an account with said bookie or whatever it is you do, wherever it is, in the long run without skybox let them guide you to consistent profit and let them make you money and enjoy this football season as you wager on it and make some supplementary income as opposed to the man texting you every single sunday night asking if you can square up for the ninth week in a row you need to check them out use the promo code Rippy r-i-p-p-e-e for 20 percent off you can try it for a week month day whatever season long you can go all sports sports centric whatever's in your wheelhouse go to skyboxsportspicks.com click on the packages tab and select whatever it is that you think fits your price range and enjoy the profit and we'll give you a little bit of a discount try by the promo code rippy you get 20 percent off all right before we get to uh lb's and greg's picks just a couple uh solo thoughts off the top haven't really done this in a while but i'd be uh Probably remiss in mailing it in a little bit on the Friday show if we didn't do something geared towards Saturday's game here for a uh, late Friday evening podcast. And a couple of things I'm curious about tomorrow. Well, actually, there's not very many. I think tomorrow is all about the quarterback. And you're sitting there thinking, wow, great point, genius. I'm glad I tuned in. Well, my point being is I don't know what else you're going to be able to tell about this team tomorrow as I've recorded this on a Friday night. Uh, against an opponent like Central Arkansas other than what happens at quarterback. Luke Altmaier is allegedly going to get the start a week after Jackson Dart got the start. I do think Luke or Jackson Dart will play more than Luke Altmaier did in the reserve role last week. Some of that is because I think Kiffin slightly favors Jackson Dart. Most of it is because of just the weird way the game turned out last week, right? I think Altmaier was going to come in there at the start of the fourth quarter or whenever it was that Dart threw the red zone interception – Dart throws the pick, which I guess bought him some more time. Was that a genius move? Many experts and spin are wondering because Kiffin doesn't like taking quarterbacks out of the game after they thrown in an interception. Which, as if you listen to the Wednesday show, um, I like—I think it's smart. Buchanan, a former SEC quarterback, definitely thinks it's smart, and so he got another drive. And then Altmaier comes in, and there was a bad snap that appeared to be no fault of the zone. I don't really know what goes into that type of stuff and immediately turned it over on his first play. So whatever small sample size we were going to get from Altmeyer in reserve was kind of thrown by the wayside because of just the weird way the game got bogged down and honestly, Ole Miss' offensive dysfunction and not taking care of the football. So what I'm curious to w- wonder going into Saturday is how is this going to be handled? Well, what do you mean how is it going to be handled? Luke is getting the start. Jackson Dart is coming on in relief. It's pretty clearly outlined. Yeah, but how is it really going to be handled? What's the play calling going to be like? Because for the first half last week, Ole Miss was perfectly content running the football all over a Troy team that seemed to be perfectly content sitting back in coverage and letting Ole Miss run it on them and not letting them throw it. It's almost as if they thought Matt Corral was back there at quarterback. Well – then in the second half, as Kiffin alluded to in his press conference, that they tried some stuff in the passing game, despite that not being what the coverage is and how Troy was playing defensively, the most optimal strategy to beat the defense and continue to score points. I think Kiffin put it as, you know, we could have continued to run it and run it in and scored a couple more touchdowns, but we wanted to get some guys' confidence in the passing game. I think he's talking about Jackson Dart gaining chemistry with the you know relatively new receiving core. Doesn't take a genius to figure that out. Um... But I thought that piece of it was telling because Troy is whatever you want to go on the scale of SEC opponent to complete cupcake by game that this is going to be this weekend. Troy's somewhere in the middle, and they probably swing closer to an SEC opponent. Now, what do I mean by that? Do I mean Troy, is an, is are they an SEC opponent? No, of course not. I'm saying they are much closer to that than they are of a Central Arkansas or a C-Law or I'm trying to think of another example. What was that school that Ole Miss literally paid for their lights? Presbyterian a few years ago, right? Like they're closer to that. They beat LSU in Baton Rouge a couple years ago. They went to Lincoln and beat Nebraska at Nebraska. Like this is a decent to good Sunbelt program. So, in a way, while Ole Miss was up 21 to 3 and eventually 28 to 3, they still had to worry about, in some way, very small, putting the game away. And that's probably why you saw them perfectly fine with running the football in the first half aside from, you know, just getting some actual game action with the running backs. But as it pertains to this week, how is that going to work? Because Ole Miss is going to be able to do whatever they want to do offensively for the entirety of the day. So does Luke Altmaier get the entire game or whatever portion of it from start to whenever he comes out to kind of show some stuff in the passing game or is Ole Miss going to run the ball pretty heavily for two quarters again and then try to open it up in the third quarter after they have a sizable lead? I don't know. I think there's a little more leeway to do the former than the latter because of the opponent. Again, Central Arkansas, much worse opponent than Troy was. Troy had some real talent on that defense. Like, yes, was Ole Miss going should have beaten them by more. And where the game ever really end out? No, but you get my point. They are way more capable. So I'm just curious what that looks like. How often did they throw in the first ten minutes of the game? How often did they throw the football down the field in the first ten to fifteen minutes of the game? How real of a look does Luke Altmaier get where it felt like? And I know people had a bad taste in their mouth about the end of the Jackson Dart debut because of how it ended, because of the turnover, because of Ole Miss winning only 28-10 to and the game looking like a complete snooze fest and slog. Whereas if you actually just go watch the first half of how Dart played last week, you couldn't really tell anything to little to no fault of his own, aside from missing on a deep ball and making one wrong read from best I could tell. You couldn't really tell anything because the game was taken out of his hands because of how good Ole Miss was in the running game. Does the same thing happen with Luke Altmaier, or do they just let him rip it because they aren't concerned from the time they snap the ball about the result of the game and the outcome of the game? Who knows? I'm curious to find out. When does Jackson Dart come in? And when does Jackson Dart come in? Is it balls to the wall? Does he come in halfway through the third quarter with Ole Miss thirty up 35-3 and they just let him rip it all the way to 55-3? I don't know. 56-3, I guess that would be. Sorry to whoever's uh, got clean pee and kicking the extra points. Didn't mean to insinuate they were going to miss one. But you get the point. What does that look like? Do How much more? Because I don't feel like Kiffin thought he got a full glimpse of what of what Jackson Dart, I would, shouldn't say can do, of Jackson Dart in the full plethora of the passing game because of the way that game played out last week. So does that give Dart, a, like? does that lean them toward playing him earlier? I don't know. I'm fascinated to find out how this looks because this is a relatively unprecedented way to handle a quarterback situation you know as ryan buchanan pretty elegantly outlined in the wednesday show is well what are you actually going to look for against an opponent like central arkansas that's going to make you believe that luke altmeyer's the guy or not the guy or that jackson darts the guy or not the guy it's the stuff that we aren't going to be able to see right it's the reads they make we can use the example of the classic, you know, read option where you dump the ball over to Bo Wallace or Bo Wallace dumping the ball over to Evan Ingram in 2014, where it's like, you know, a see a 10 yard gain when he hands it off. Well, uh, Evan Ingram is wide open. Wallace didn't hit him. Wallace most of the time pretty good at it. and did, but you get the point stuff that fans don't see. Like that's the kind of stuff I guess they're going to be looking for, but to kind of wrap this whole thing up, even if that's the case, and I get that live action is much different, even if an inferior opponent that scrimmages, right? The other team doesn't know your plays. The other team isn't going to take unnecessary risks in practice because they know exactly what you're running and who cares? It's practice, right? They're not going up against it every day for three weeks. I get the difference in that. But even in those small things, even in the things that Buchanan's talking about, the reads and stuff that us in the stands are not going to be able to tell. And anyone trying to tell you in the stands has either had too much brown water or is just completely full of shit. Those things that they're looking for, but even of those little things that Buchanan talked about on the Wednesday show, and I apologize for those of you listening to this one that may have not caught both, but I just thought it was profound, and I've been thinking about it the last couple of days. Those little things, the reads and the different nuances and stuff that we haven't seen, what is going to change versus a Troy versus a Central Arkansas in terms of guys, either guy doing that or not doing that at a more or less consistent rate, that's going to change your mind about whichever way Kiffin was leaning. Like, is it, a, is it an interesting way and is it a fair way to do this to have, have both guys start and come in relief? Yeah, I think absolutely. And maybe it's, it's just sheerly getting them each a larger sample size in game action opponent be damned. Before making a decision. But I just wonder, even with that larger sample size, what are you going to be able to tell from it? What are you going to be able to do with it, do with it? And what are you going to be able to base you know, any sort of concrete decision off of? And so that's why I think this comes down more to fairness than anything with the outside chance of being swayed. Is there a is there a way that Luke Altmaier looks infinitely better than Jackson Dart was and is just slinging the ball up and down the field and being accurate and making the correct reads and all that. Yeah, absolutely. And then maybe he's your starter at Georgia Tech. But the overwhelming odds, it would seem, would be that he looks pretty similar to what Jackson Dart did. Some good stuff, some bad stuff, and you're kind of back in the same place you were before these first two games were played. And so that's why I think This whole quarterback thing, while fascinating, through these first two games, is going to come down to fairness and Kiffin holding out the last possible hope that someone grabs this thing by the throat. And I think he's probably a little bit frustrated that Jackson Dart, who I think he favors slightly, I think you know there was something to read into Dart getting the first start against a better of the two opponents before Georgia Tech. And I think he's frustrated that Dart hasn't necessarily done everything. He, you know, hasn't how do I should I describe this? Gone out and just kind of taken it. And so I think Kiffen, one, doesn't want to rush the decision, but two, I think he probably knows where he's going to go with it. And these two games, the result was never going to be in doubt. So it's more about fairness to both of them. It's more about giving them both a, you know, a live sample size of game opportunity. To make a decision that you probably already knew coming out of preseason camp, and that's probably to go with Jackson Dart against Georgia Tech. But there are some other benefits to it, right? If they make the wrong decision, given after pretty profusely praising Jackson Dart in the Monday press conference, citing that the, you know, when he watched the film, the game wasn't nearly as bad as he remembered it the first time. He also admitted that they make wrong decisions on this all the time. So whoever they go with, having the other guy have a, you know, being engaged and having a almost full game for the game action is better than say Ryan Buchanan coming off the bench in the penultimate game of the 2014 season in the rain at Arkansas, where you're already up against it. And he played very little and what real expectations are there to, for him to actually do anything. If you get my point. So You know, as much as there is to be made of Saturday and how this quarterback thing is going to play out, I'm just not sure you're going to tell anything. And I think it's more about fairness and holding holding out hope that somebody wows you and changes your mind or confirms your opinion. And I don't feel like Clifton has 100% clarity yet. And I think he's holding out every opportunity to achieve it, despite that not being an achievable thing with two 19-year-old kids competing for a starting job with limited playing time in major college football. So I'm fascinated to see how that works out. I'm interested to see Luke Altmaier, what he looks like tomorrow, probably a more confident Luke Altmeyer after uh, kind of getting thrown into the fire a bit as a freshman. Outside of that, I don't really know what else to make of this game. You're not going to be able to tell much. I'll be interested to see who plays on the defensive line. We get some Taiwan Malone action. What's to make of this Mason Brooks thing on the offensive line. He came in at the very end of the game at guard after not playing at all at tackle, which is, you know, not what he signed up for, which, you know, at the end of the day, you gotta perform, right? They're not going to play you just because they told you to when they recruited you here as a grad transfer. I don't know what's going into that situation, but also have a hard time to believing that he's a total dud that won't factor into this offensive line at some point. I the guard thing was weird. It almost been less weird if he didn't play at all, right? And it was just like, all right, you know, they stuck with the two, you know, the two guards they thought they were best and rotated that in and out, but then they went with Micah Pettis and then put um Brooks at guard at the end of the game so I, I don't know what is up there so I guess that's something to monitor outside of that I don't know there's really not a whole lot to tell before Ole Miss goes to Atlanta and plays a Georgia Tech team who I don't think is very good but rapidly improving and maybe they'll have some sort of clarity at the quarterback position when they take the field in Atlanta this time next week All right, let's get to LB's Greg and Fresh Cuts. Before we get to that, I want to remind you, this podcast is brought to you by our friends at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a full-fledged online therapy service that matches you with a licensed therapist in under 48 hours. Therapy is just like any other maintenance you do. You go running and exercise to make sure you stay in good shape. You put gas in your car. You change the tire or rotate the tires. You get oil changes, all kinds of stuff. Your brain works the same way. How your brain performs affects how you live and how you treat your brain affects how you live. Therapy is great. Sometimes it's just good to have someone to talk to. You don't even have to go face-to-face if you don't want to. You can just talk to someone with the blank screen up on the other side. It's very laid back. It is definitely something that if you're feeling anxious or feeling uneasy about something, definitely worth giving it a try. Use that promo code MPW and that'll get you 10% off. All right, here is LB's Greg and Fresh Cuts with Skybox Sports Picks. All right, we now welcome on Greg the Meat Sharp Jones. It is another edition of Fresh Cuts. We have NFL football this week. We're recording this early on a Friday morning. We had NFL football last night. The Bills dismantled the uh, Los Angeles Rams and SoFi Stadium uh, to kick off the 2022 NFL season. Football's fully back now. We did the little week zero tease we had a good week, a great week, one in uh, college football. I shouldn't discount that. But now you've got the NFL on Sundays. You've got seven hours of commercial-free football if you have Red Zone. It is fully back. How are you feeling about it, Greg?
3: I mean, you know, it's that time of the year again where everybody gets all warm and fuzzy and uh, sets up your uh, bar and your uh, your TV and your back porch. And, uh, you know, some people like to go to the games. Uh, some people like to sit on that back porch and enjoy themselves. So, I I'm, I'm a back porch guy.
2: Well, you can't smoke meats inside the stadium. I figured you're a back porch guy. I am a uh, back porch guy myself. Would you be a stadium guy? If at your seat, they were just like bring in a Traeger, bring in whatever
3: the hell you want. Don't worry about the smoke. Just go crazy. Um, I would prefer to have my own personal suite uh, with my (laughs) own personal uh, smoker and everything like that. And uh, uh, so, yeah, whenever, uh, yeah. Yeah. I prefer to do, do the sweet route. I, I, uh, if I'm going to go to a football game, uh, I'm kind of like not want to sit in the, my seat kind of guy. I like to, uh, get in the, uh, you know, the, the sweet, the sweet life and have some, you know, catering and stuff like that. So if I'm going to go to a football game, uh, I'm going to have to get in that sweet life or sideline pass.
2: My, uh, my yeah. parents graduated to the sweet life after, uh, I think they stopped paying private school tuition. So congrats to them on that. But it is nice going, uh, going up there every now and again, I hadn't been able to go up there much just from working. And then obviously when I lived in Texas, I didn't really come back much. I think I came back for two games last year and one of them, they didn't have tickets for me. They just uh, They booted me out of the, uh, out of the waiting list uh, for some of their friends, but the suite is the way to go for sure. Um, And then the sidelines cool. I was actually talking to someone I ran into at a gas station uh, on Tuesday and they said they're like, I think our husband got sideline passes or something the week before and I was like, "Yeah, you forget just how absolutely huge these guys are and how violent this sport is until you're standing on the sideline. It's funny, I remember in my working days, like you'd watch the game up in the press box or whatever, in the last seven minutes they take you down to the field, and if they're playing, you know if the game the game action is on the end of the field that you walk out on, like you get one good crack of the uh, crack of the shoulder pads next to you, and you're like, "Oh wow, like these dudes." they are six, 240 pounds running at each other full speed. Like this is, this is quite the, uh, Titanic, uh, you know, barbarian sport. I just, I, you forget how huge, how fast and just how violent the game is until you're standing there on the sidelines. It's pretty nuts.
3: Yeah. I can only imagine. I did, uh, went, I, I have gone down sidelines for, for a game and, you know, just the whole atmosphere, you know, sitting around and, you know, you stand there on the sidelines, you see the guys warming up and everything. And you just look around and, you know, Vault Hemingway is a pretty decent little-sized stadium, and uh, it'd be awesome to you know play a game there. But I couldn't imagine you know Tuscaloosa, you know, hundred thousand, you know, an extra thirty thousand people on you know uh, in a stadium just uh, just kind of mind blowing. The field at LSU and
2: Alabama, in particular, people always get surprised when I say this. I thought the loudest place I've ever been is Alabama. LSU is, like cool lsu is very like oh man i'm in death valley like this is it's i won't say it has a novelty aspect of it but you're amazed by it to where it's like alabama i don't know why for whatever reason particularly when you're standing down there it's kind of like are they going to unlock the doors and let us leave or are they just going to decide when everyone's allowed to get out of here i don't know i just found it to be a bit more intimidating i don't really know why both places are cool but you're right it's uh it's pretty nuts in terms of the noise down there i remember trying to Ole Miss was playing LSU in seven, sixteen 16 or 18. I can't remember which one it was, but I was trying to convey to a photographer I was working with like what kind of photo I needed. We're three feet from each other and just no shot. No way. Like I was like, I guess we'll text each other or sign language. You can't hear anything. It's, it's wild.
3: Yeah. I, like I said, um, whenever coaches prepare for big stadiums like that and they turn the speakers up on the music and everything like that, I, I mean, that that's the only co- – co- try try to you know simulate anything remotely close to that but like you were saying y'all were 3 feet apart from each other and you couldn't couldn't get a shot in you know that's pretty tough
2: yeah it does make it a lot tougher speaking of uh before we get into the games actually let's um let's, what do we got going on at the store i imagine it was a uh, busy week last week with uh, opening weekend we got another home game coming up this weekend what's going on at the store
3: yeah i mean you know we were uh had a really good uh, first opening week and You know, I don't know how busy we're going to be with this weekend, you know, with it being back to back home games. So it's kind of hard to adjust for and plan for. But, you know, we're going to be stocked up, ready to go. And like you're saying, we're recording this Friday morning. So I'm about to go in there and start cutting some lane trains and uh, we got some fresh fish. And uh, yeah, we're good to go. Uh, We'll be rocking and rolling this weekend.
2: You got the juice sticks. I can't remember if we discussed this on air or off air last night. Yeah, time. it was
3: off air. Off air. of yeah, Take
2: so, me through the juice sticks. How's that going? Is that an nil deal for the dog? What's happening there?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, you never know um, what kind of nil deal comes across, and uh, we've been. Look, uh, I've had a bunch of calls to where people are like, "Hey, do you have any bones or stuff like that for my dog?" And I don't. We don't break down whole primals, so I, you know, with that being said, I just don't have bones laying around. Just be like. Yeah, sure. Come and come and pick it up. So, I've been wanting to get a you know a, a dog treat product that I didn't have to do any work or anything involved in. And a guy just came in and had this three foot stick, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And sure enough, he was like, "Man, you know, I sell this to a bunch of butcher shops, and uh, I think this would be a good product for you." And I was like, "Well, what is it?" He's like, "It's an all natural beef stick, and uh, it's a kind of like a kind of like a dog jerky." So. Anyway, long story short, I was like, sure, sign me up. That sounds great. So um, they, uh talked to the marketing di- the team, and, you know, they were like, hey, you know, since we've got the lane train, you know, why don't we do something like uh, the juice stick and tweet at juice? And sure enough, we tweeted at juice and 125,000 uh, impressions later in, in 24 hours. Uh, I guess the, the juice stick legend uh, is, uh, comes alive.
2: Look, anything you tweeted that damn dog turns into, I guess, social media and content and impressions gold. Uh, I was, I think we were telling, I was talking to you last week. I don't put a ton of stock into Twitter. I don't use it very often. I mean, I say I don't use it very often. I, uh, I use it to put out stories, occasionally fire off like the snarky tweet during games or whatever. But um, like when you get on there and a dog has like, you know, 80,000 followers and it's just like, what, what am I even doing here? I should just pack it up and go home. Um, yeah, <laughs> so congrats on the NIL deal with the dog. Do you have any sort of special <laughs> to honor the uh, late great uh, queen of England?
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
3: Uh, no, I mean, uh, uh-uh. Why do you hate uh, England then? Uh well no I'm not necessarily <laughs> I hate England I mean like uh I mean I've got a soccer we've got soccer teams in England so that that's we true we do. For, uh, oh yeah how is Brentford doing I, I saw they uh they bash Leeds the other day right aren't you a Brentford fan
2: yeah they did I I uh, actually kind of have a soft spot in my heart for Leeds as well just because American coach real life Ted Lasso they got some American players some American flavor over there across the pond Brentford's doing well I think they're just perpetually gonna sit eighth to twelfth in the Premier League. And uh, be aggressively average, which is uh, right I mean, on par. I, I'm glad I picked them as a fan. Um, there, there,
3: there's no problem with uh, middle table and in the Premier League for uh, five or six years. They, uh, the 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 financial benefits are are very uh, very lucrative.
2: Yeah, so we're just hanging tight and uh, enjoying the ride. I just uh, I was cracking up at the uh, the reaction to the look. I get the the whole. Uh, I get why the uh, monarchy is important and all the history in it or whatever. Um, but it was just funny, like, watching, like, the Amer- like uh, the reaction in America. Like, them trying to delicately handle, you know, giving their thoughts and condolences to the royal family while the Monday night football game is going on, everyone's jacked the hell up football's back, it was just hilarious to me to watch yesterday.
3: Yeah, I'm, uh, I think uh, Nick, my buddy Nick Cassialis did it again. He, uh, they, uh, uh, Philadelphia did a little tribute to the queen, and then on the very next patch he hit a home run, so – um I, you know the guy he, does not the, miss. The, he does he does he definitely does not miss that is for sure
2: um all right well let's get into it. we just covered uh european monarchy history uh some meat <laughs> and, i will uh, say
3: um y'all did um uh your brentford bees uh got one of my whole city tigers uh at, at, before the transfer deadline did uh keen lewis potter what a great name
2: Oh hell yeah! I wonder if that's Harry's brother. That's pretty sick. Um, is Hull City down in uh, the the Championship League?
3: Yeah, they're in, well. Uh, they're in Championship right now. We got that new owner, and we got fifteen new players, and uh, we had we set an attendance record um, last week for for on- for over eighteen thousand. So it's uh it's going good. So yeah, um, uh, lo- lots of uh lots of uh excitement in the city of culture, uh, which would be Whole City. There you go. That's uh, that's pretty
2: awesome. You, you're actually a real fan, though. If, the, if Brentford ever got demoted to the uh, Championship League, they would just cease to exist in my mind. I might not even correct, ever think correct, correct.
3: Again. Yes, uh, that de- that definitely happens with the uh, with the with the Premier League, and you you find a team that you like, and next thing you know, they're like, hey, they're not in the Premier League anymore. I'm like, yeah, that's because they finished in the bottom three. So they get kicked to the camp, to the championship league.
2: All right, well, let's uh, let's go to American football where I wish they had relegation, but they don't. We got a good slate of games this week. It was not a great week for us last week. Three weeks in a row, actually, me, you, and Skybox all had the same record. We went two seven and one after a four and three week last week. So you can do the math there. That puts our total to six ten and one. On the season, I will point out that Skybox is the professionals. The picks they're giving us are not the picks they're giving out for money. So please, <laughs> please don't take these and think, man, what are you guys doing? Advertising with them? They don't know what they're doing. They absolutely know what they're doing. They had an above 500 a week with their paid picks last week. They're just nice enough to give these for free to let us to uh, us two Dingleberries just kind of uh, try to beat the nerds and beat the system. So these are their free picks. But I should point out, rough week all, all across the board last week. Um, some weird results, but also probably just a product of us not knowing anything really about a lot of these teams in week one. You know, there is no preseason in college football. Um, I'm pretty much done making excuses. I was just, I picked terrible games. It was not great.
3: Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the, the, the coin flip um, um, thing did not work. Uh, just, we got to go back to the gr- drawing board. But like I was saying, you got to dig yourself in a hole before you can get out. So uh, let's, uh, let's get out of this hole.
2: That's a great way to look at it. We were going to get in a hole eventually. Why not just do it week one? Now the climb out starts. Um, you know, there's no chance the hole ever gets deeper, right? That's not a possibility.
3: Oh yeah. Well, well I've, I've been in a situation <laughs> where the hole has gotten deeper and uh, and it, we we didn't get and I didn't get out. But you know, that's uh. it's remember, it's gambling. It's not called winning.
2: Let's uh let's roll through these college games real quick. We'll go to the NFL. We'll start off with the primetime matchup, sorta. It's Texas versus Alabama, a lot of name brands, a lot of hype. Um, It is in Austin. It is Alabama plus 20 and a half. Remember, I sent these earlier in the week to Skybox. So if you're listing now in the line shrunk or moved or whatever, this is based off of probably around Tuesday in the week. So just keep that in mind as we roll through these picks. We're getting Alabama minus 20 and a half, excuse me. If Alabama was getting 20, I'd probably take that line. But uh, what do you got here?
3: Yeah. I mean, I just like Alabama here. I know that Texas is at home and, you know, they're going to get a taste of it, but um, you know, like I said, I just think Alabama's just too strong on each side of the ball. Ball. I, I will throw out the uh, former coach angle. I will throw that uh, angle out the window there. That is, there's no such thing as just because he was on the coaching staff doesn't uh, mean he knows th- things and knows play. So as you can tell the Georgia situation with the Oregon coach last week uh, that 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 definitely angle is out the window so I'm just going to go meat and potatoes and um, Alabama to win you know 55 to 21 55 to 20
2: yeah you know I mentioned to Borky last week when I was doing the Sunday post game show he was filling in with Weldon who's actually over in Europe right now um, I did we did the Oregon pick last week just like yeah hey, whatever take the points about two minutes after kickoff started I am not sure if Georgia had scored in that 120 second time frame that this crossed my mind but As they were running out of the tunnel or the kickoff, I can't remember when it was. I was like, oh, I just picked Bo Nix with the Pac-12 offensive line and non-SEC weapons against Georgia. This might not be the smartest idea uh, I've ever had in terms of that former coach angle you were talking about. You, after a tough week, are going to get smarter. I'm going to continue to play dumb. I don't think this game is necessarily ever in question, but it's a huge game. It's in Austin. I think 20 and a half is just a ton of points. I'm going to take Texas. It, my argument for this is this is an 11 to 17 point game the entire time. Maybe you get a late touchdown by Texas. I just think the result of this, the talent that Texas has after kind of a recruiting cycle and a half with Sark, they'll keep it within 20. I think in Austin. I mean, like Tennessee last year, if not for a total fourth quarter meltdown, would have kept it within 20 in Baton in uh, Tuscaloosa last year. And there were a couple other examples of that. I get it's a different team, different year. Alabama's much better this year but I'm just going to take Texas. And that's, that's my, uh, that's my case. Skybox. Yeah, I mean,
3: it's okay. a good pick. yeah. I think it's a good pick.
2: I don't know. I think it's a dumb pick, but we may get lucky. If uh, we're going to be bad, we may as well be bold. Skybox is going Texas Longhorns plus plus two and a half. and a half. So Skybox is on the horns as well. Um, that's going to be interesting to see where that line finishes coming up. We got a uh, really good sec matchup, or I say good, interesting sec matchup. Arkansas, fresh off of hosting Cincinnati in what was a really good football game um, a week ago, is hosting South Carolina. The Gamecocks struggled a little bit with Georgia State, had some special teams help to help them pull away at the end. You got Spencer Rattler, who I thought did some good things last week, but also did some Spencer Rattler type stuff. I don't really know what to make of him in a South Carolina uniform yet. It is Arkansas minus eight and a half in Fayetteville. Where are you going here?
3: I like Arkansas. I mean, I think, uh, I think they win by two touchdowns here. I, I Just for some strange reason, I got a hunch on Arkansas. And, uh, you know, Arkansas is playing really good. And, you know, they're sneaky good. So they might um, have a little nice run at the West. But, you know, I think, again, when, whenever you talk about the SEC West, they're all playing for second place, you know, with Alabama. So um, I like um, Arkansas here to win by two touchdowns. I'm going to go the other way and go South
2: Carolina, although I do agree with you. I think there's a chance that uh, Arkansas ends up being really, really good this year. I was super impressed with them last week. But for whatever reason, this line stunk the high heaven to me. I just got a feeling that Arkansas – or excuse me, South Carolina is going to give them a game. Arkansas wins, but I will take the uh, over-touchdown underdog there in South Carolina. Let's roll – where is Skybox going here? They are – South Carolina. Okay, so they're taking South Carolina plus and a half on this one all right where are we going next well let's do Vandy Wake. Vandy played uh 2-0 I don't remember the last time Vanderbilt has been 2-0 against anyone they beat Elon last week after putting a ton of points on Hawaii in week zero again as I point out I haven't watched a ton of Vanderbilt I watched some of their game against Hawaii and then I would say a tiny tiny piece of it last week just to kind of see what it looked like they have some SDC ish skill players and i just mean that in general they have a little bit more speed it seems like than they did in years past they are 12 and a half point underdogs to wake who is getting their quarterback sam hartman back this week after he had a non-football related illness that cost him about a month i think it came out later is actually a blood clot which is a terrifying scenario there hope everything's all good with him um it is wake minus 12 and a half in
3: nashville um i don't think you're getting the home field advantage here but uh where are you going um, and you know, I kind of like the Vanderbilt. I, I mean, this, uh, I know uh, I'm hoping that this isn't your mom and pop Vanderbilt. So, uh, we're going to go Vanderbilt Hill. Let's see if, uh, if they could uh, protect the home turf.
2: We know this is going to be a uh, better week for one of us because I'm going to wake. We faded each other, all three across the start. Love Vanderbilt. I hope, I actually hope I'm wrong. I just kind of have a soft spot spot for Clark Lee. Um, and that Vanderbilt program, it's just really an uphill battle working there. I was looking on Twitter last night, uh, just kind of scrolling through. I saw they're trying to get people to come to the game at Vanderbilt, which was kind of got me thinking. And I'm not this guy usually. I swear, like, I don't put it, as I mentioned earlier, I don't put a ton of stock in his Twitter. Vanderbilt's football account has 80,000 Twitter followers. Like, by comparison, Ole Miss baseball has, like, 115. And, again, I'm not like, oh, my God, 100. Like, I don't compare. I think comparing followers, particularly when it comes to media people, and contracts and their value is one of the dumbest things ever. But I just, as a general gauge, doesn't it seem like they're just not playing the same game as every other SEC football program? I mean, their Twitter account put out something promoting the game. And after like 45 minutes, I think it had like one quote tweet. And it sounds so corny to say that, but like, you kind of get what I'm saying. Like, it's like, I don't even know if they're playing the same game as the other people are in terms of marketing a program at this point.
3: Yeah. Weren't they giving out dollar tickets or something like that? Like last year or something or I think they were giving out dollar tickets, something like that. Yeah. If
2: they really want to get innovative, they should pay people to come to the game.
3: Yeah. I mean, or, you know, start uh, putting those um, plastic uh, cutouts like they did for COVID, you know, and just be like, wow, the stadium's full of plastic cutouts. It must be a sellout, you know, uh, tickets office must be bumping.
2: That might be, uh, make it louder because you would at least get the echo effect. I'm going wake here. I, uh, again, like I said, I kind of hope I'm wrong. Skybox is on wake as well. So somehow I've agreed with Skybox on all three of these, um, so far. They're on wake minus 12 and a half. I gave this game, I don't really know why. Duke and I actually forgot off the top of my head. Uh, Duke is playing Northwestern. Oh, I know why I did this. So I can say this line Battle of the Nerds, Duke and Northwestern it appears to be at Northwestern. It is Northwestern minus 10 and a half. I know literally nothing about Duke. Northwestern looked okay in week zero. I guess I'll take the Midwest nerd. I'll go Northwestern. What are you going here?
3: Well, since we're going on the opposite, I mean, I'm either going to dig myself to to China or get out of the hole. So I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to go with Duke here.
2: There we go. I have not a whole lot to add about this game. I just thought it was funny that the two prestigious American institutions, Squaring Golf Skybox, going with the East Coast nerds. They're going Duke plus. 10 and a half. here's probably maybe the, potentially the game of the weekend we've got pittsburgh and tennessee this game is at pitt it is pitt plus six at home now i'm really impressed with tennessee they showed a, uh, an ability to win tough games on the road last year under hypo uh kentucky's one that comes to mind they played alabama tough for three quarters that score won't uh, reflect it um there's one more they won on the road i can't remember where it was. oh they just destroyed missouri on the road which Whatever you think of Missouri, you go put up 63 in anyone's house in this league, uh, that's pretty impressive. That being said, Pitt didn't play very well in the backyard brawl, but I was impressed with their defensive line. I think Slovis is a good quarterback, and I think they made a ton of mistakes and still found a way to win a game. I want to take Tennessee badly here, but I just don't know if I can swallow the six. I'm going to go with the Pitt
3: Panthers here plus six at home. Yeah, I like Pitt. I'm, I'm going to go with Pitt too. I mean, like I watched the the backyard brawl, and you know they interviewed Pitt's coach and. He went after Scott Van Pelt and uh, and he is for
2: hating on him. The, the the uh,
3: that was that's very aggressive, and uh, you know, I kind of like the aggressiveness, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna roll with it. So let's go with Pittsburgh. Uh, which Van Pelt, why he's like
2: the ultimate professional on television, just didn't even phase him. He just went right into the next question, kind of cracked a joke, and kept it moving. And what really could have been an awkward exchange, and uh, that's just a you know, example number a 1,000, why uh, SVP is as talented as uh, as he is. And why yeah, because, I mean,
3: like, you could see it, like, the surpriseness on his face. He's like, wait, is this guy going after me, or is he going after ESPN? Like, you know? Yeah, um, I think yeah. it
2: was more of an ESPN, like, Mickey Mouse rant, but uh, it was definitely not, like, he definitely didn't say, you know, love you, Scott, but he just went straight at it. Just encompassing <laughs> <and> <laughs> yeah. everybody.
3: Well, oh. hey, you know, whenever you're in the moment and you just want a big game and, you know, and how they won the game, you know, I, I would, um, you know, it's it, it probably a heat of the moment thing, and I'm pretty sure he probably, like, immediately called Scott Van Pelt and like, hey, dude, I'm sorry about that. You know, like, you're the man.
2: <laughs> I'm going, Pitt. I just you, – you have to be a lot better than your opponent to be a six-point favorite on the road and cover that six points. And maybe the Tennessee's the case. Their offense is explosive. They've got a lot of speed at the skill position. I really like Hinden Hooker. I just just can't do it. It's too many points. I'm going to take uh, Pitt here. Uh, Skybox is going Tennessee, and it's actually Tennessee 6.5, so we're getting 6 in the hook. I misspoke. Um, So they're taking Tennessee minus 6.5. We're taking Pitt plus 6.5. Houston, Texas Tech, little classic Big 12 action, soon to be actually a Big 12 matchup um, here in about a year or so. It is Houston plus three at Texas tech. What do we got here? First year head coach. I actually don't even remember who Texas tech hired. That's pretty bad of me, but uh, first year head
3: coach, who are you going here? I, I like Houston. I, I like Dana. Uh, uh, was it Dana Hulk Holgerson? Yeah. Yeah. I like that guy. He's aggressive.
2: <laughs> Joey McGuire. That's exactly who tech, they promoted within longtime assistant. I uh, couldn't think of his name. I'm going uh Houston here as well. Um, I just don't think there's much separation in talent between these two teams, and I'm gonna take the staff with a little more uh, congruency, not as much new. I like uh, Houston and Skybox does too, and they actually uh, put in parentheses, we like them to win the game outright. So uh, how about that? Um. Let's see, Iowa, Iowa State. I forgot what this is called. It, this is the battle for something, right? I don't know. All these Big Ten matchups. It's, a,
3: it's, a, it's like the – it's a big state fair thing. Like, I, I think they have a big state fair and, uh, like, big giant turkey legs. And I think it's a big party in Iowa.
2: The Cyhawk series. There we go. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, that, that We got IT on that. And uh, by that, I mean I Googled it as you were saying that there. Uh, yeah, it's a, a big rivalry – did you see what Iowa did offensively last week?
3: Um, I think the longest play of scrimmage was uh, whenever the team ran out of the tunnel and ran onto the field, but that was the longest play of, of in scrimmage. So in they scrimmage.
2: beat North Dakota, I believe. It may have been South Dakota. Apologies to the Dakota community. The Jack Jackrabbits.
3: Out- I think it's South Dakota. They, they beat the Jackrabbits.
2: There he goes. Definitely South Dakota, then maybe South Dakota State. And it was seven to three, but I didn't clearly. I didn't have that game on the menu. That was not a uh, touchdown and a field goal. That was two safeties and a field goal on the way to uh, hold off South Dakota State. Uh, so it is now naturally. I was now a three and a half point favorite somehow over Iowa State, and this is one of the first ones we've come across this season. You know what you do when a line makes no sense? You hammer it. I'm going to the Iowa Hawkeyes minus three and a half, and I could not tell you why.
3: Yeah, I think I'll agree with you on the I, – I just – I like uh, – I mean, I do like uh, Campbell from uh, the, the Iowa State's coach. And, you know, I think he'll eventually have a SEC job one of these days. But um, I don't know. For some strange reason, you know, Iowa was the ultimate poker player. They they play play possum with you and uh, they, they get you to where you think that they will not cover or win a game and they win by two or three touchdowns. So, I like the Hawkeyes. here. Ah, uh,
2: Skybox going Iowa State. Um, so Ooh. Iowa State plus three and a half. I just it was so bad last week, and I was like, "There's no way they can be favored." Boom, they're favored, and that told me everything I need to know. Um, you just gotta, you know, when you see one like that, just take your brain out of the equation. That usually works actually better for me when that happens. Anyway, keep it moving down the line as we wrap up college here. We're gonna go Kentucky, Florida. What a great one we're gonna have here. It is Kentucky plus six in the swamp. Big week for Anthony Richardson in Florida last week. A really quality win over Utah. Kentucky sluggish a little bit against Miami of Ohio. uh, Put the burners on late. Will Levis looked pretty sharp in that game. He can play some ball. I'll just lead it off here. I'm going to go Kentucky. I think you're going to have a little bit of a letdown last week. And Kentucky's weird uh, with Florida. Kentucky's had some success in the Swamp of late i just like kentucky's roster and i think that they're kind of poised for this to be one of those things where you win this early and everyone talks about them as the second team in the east again and i'm still like i will right, we'll see but i actually like kentucky here plus six
3: yeah I, I like kentucky a lot here too i i mean i'm hoping that kentucky can pull this win out and uh that both uh both Ole miss and kentucky be undefeated uh for that october 1st matchup which be really good ball game i think you know, um, the, uh, Kentucky and Utah have similar styles, but just a little bit different, you know, mindset. I think, you know, I, uh, Utah wanted to, you know, kind of control the running game and that sort of thing, keep the crowd out. I think just Kentucky just is just slobber knockers. They just um, put it in front of you, and if you stop it, you stop it. Um, I think Will Levis is a, is, is, is a solid, you know, SEC quarterback. Not only uh, is he uh, a good quarterback, he has a stallion contract, you know. With a, with with, a, did you know about this? I did not. Okay, so um, there is a stallion in Kentucky called War of Will, and uh, he is a uh, son of Warfront, and uh, Warfront is a really, really, really good turf sire back in. The, um. So, um. Anyway, War of Will actually won on dirt and grass, and so. Um, Yeah, uh, Will Levis uh, signed up a contract with uh, an NIL deal with Claiborne Farms, and uh, him and War of Will are, I don't know, partners or something like that. So, yeah, I like Kentucky a lot. I think there's a field goal that's going to be involved. It's either going to be a game-winning field goal for for Kentucky or a game-winning field goal for Florida. I just like the points here.
2: There you have it. What an NIL deal. What a name of a horse. That guy's got to come by LBs when they come to Oxford October 1st. yeah, I like it here, too. Skybox is going Kentucky as well. I just think this is going to be a close game, and I think Kentucky's up for the challenge. Keeping it moving along here, we're going to go to Stanford-USC. I just put it on here because I guess it's classic uniform matchup tradition. USC in front of no fans last week hardly looked pretty good. I don't know what to make of this. I know nothing about Stanford. I guess I'll go USC minus eight. I This is one. I don't even know why I actually included this game, but whatever.
3: I'll do I'll do I'll take Stanford in the points. I, I don't know. I just for some strange reason, every time um, USC seems like they're favored by multiple points against uh, Stanford, Stanford comes out and wins the game for some strange reason.
2: That's a uh, that's a great point, honestly. And uh, again, I know nothing about either one. I believe that game is at Stanford. I'll double check that real quick. Yeah, yeah So there'll be
3: there'll be will be like what two or three thousand people there. Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, I don't even know if it matters. That yet.
3: That, uh, that big uh, Los Angeles market that uh, Big Ten's tapping into, they're just really excited about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that proved to be a farce. What a uh, what a topic of conversation that was uh, a few years ago, and that was a big uh, talking point. Pac-12 after dark. We've got Mississippi State getting in on the Pac-12 after dark action. This line is shrunk, I think, down near eight, but we got it at ten. Uh, 10 and a half state minus 10 and a half at Arizona. Um, I'm just going to go Arizona plus 10 and a half States better. State should win this game by two touchdowns. But as the kids say, I've heard, uh, things get weird when the sun goes down in the pack 12. So if state escapes this with a 20, I don't know, 35, 27 victory, like you can rip up your state ticket, but they won the game and played pretty well on the road. I 10 and a half's a lot. Arizona looked pretty good against San Diego state last week. Uh, in their opener, so I'll go with uh, Arizona, but State shouldn't have any problem winning this game. I don't think.
3: Yeah, I'll go with Arizona too. Like a lot of points, but I, I think you know they should. Uh, uh, they should look into more matchups like this. You know, kind of like with the Utah and Florida, Arizona, Miss State. You know, Tennessee, Pittsburgh. There should be a, more games like this. You know, throughout the season instead of, you know, you see a, a an Auburn play uh you know, Mercer or an old Miss play Eastern Kentucky I just I just I'm kind of a big fan of these uh inter uh, uh matchups I like it a lot skybox
2: is on Mississippi State actually they love the Bulldogs to go out there and roll so they are uh fading us on now and last college game before we run through some NFL games real quick Baylor BYU late night game this should be a pretty fun one it is BYU minus three this game is in Provo um i put i put in neil's picks i'm not going to put much thought into this baylor is a better football team with a better roster in my opinion than byu but uh this probably th- is going to be a gigantic trap but i'm taking baylor plus three
3: all right well i'll go with BYU since uh we just you know, gonna, we're gonna... yeah i mean i've got a friend i mean i've got a friend that graduated there and uh so i'm just going to play that angle how about that
2: There we go. Skybox is on the Baylor Bears. So that'll wrap up our college portion of it. As the great Mike Francesa says, or once said, now let's get to the league where they play for pay. The NFL's back. I cannot wait to do nothing but watch Red Zone for seven hours uh, on Sunday and just cherish every second of it. I've been waiting a while for this. I'm so glad it's back. We got a bunch of games. Our rule in the NFL is we pick them all. We don't actually, well, I don't know about I can't speak for you. I don't I don't play them all. We'll do the five locks if we want to. Skybox does not join us on this because all of their picks for NFL are mostly behind a paywall. But if you make it to the end of the podcast, they have two NFL free plays for the people. So uh you know the rules. Let's kick it off. Let's roll. We're gonna go New York Jets plus seven at uh hosting the Baltimore Ravens. No um no Zach Wilson. He's out until at least week four. This is Joe Flacco against Baltimore. Um, I guess you could call it a revenge game. I don't really know how. He won them a Super Bowl. They paid him a ton of money. He wasn't very good after that. But uh, be that as it may, this is a disgusting one to start. I guess I'll go Ravens minus seven. I just think they're a lot better. I don't know what to make of the Jets. But uh, as you know, particularly early in the year, underdogs are always pretty tasty. I may change that before kickoff, but I'll go Baltimore minus seven.
3: Yeah, you would think Baltimore just rolls here. So I'm going to go. I'm going to be a sucker. I'm going to go with Baltimore. Lamar Jackson's on my fantasy team, so hopefully we get some points out of him this week. Saints-Falcons.
2: Falcons Falcons plus five and a half, the uh, most underrated rivalry in football here. A lot of new on each side. No more Matt Ryan for the Falcons. No Sean Payton for the Saints. You've got Jameis Winston at quarterback. The Falcons are a candidate to have one of the worst records in the NFL. I'm not down on your Saints per se. I think they could end up being good. Marcus Mariota is not a bad quarterback and plus five and a half at home. I think the Falcons are competent enough. I'm going to take Atlanta here plus five and a half.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I think that's a lot of points for, uh, for this game. It always depends on it seems like a field goal uh, wins this game or that sort of thing. But uh, I'm just, I, I can't go against the Saints because uh, it just seems like it'd be weird. But uh, I'm going to bet with my heart here and uh, go with the Saints. Dolphins Patriots the
2: offseason of Tua they surrounded him with a ton of weapons there's a ton of hype I like their coach Mike McDaniel he's funny he's quirky seems like a smart mind he was the offensive coordinator for the uh 49ers offense last year that I believe led the NFL in yards per play per from scrimmage or whatever the stat is you get what I'm getting at there um it is Miami minus three and a half against New England who Saw Mac Jones show flashes last year, decided to just ba- uh, abandon this traditional offensive coordinator strategy. Have you been following this? You're going to have Bill Belichick and or you're going to have Matt Patricia and call some plays along with Joe Judge and Bill Belichick. They basically don't have coordinators, which I find to be utterly bizarre. That seems like a dumpster fire, but this seems like a trap of a line. It's Miami minus three and a half. I'll just take the bait. I think Tua and the Dolphins kind of have something to prove. I think they need to look good from the start. That being said – this stinks to high heaven, but I just don't get what the Patriots are doing
3: here. Well, I'm uh, very thankful that uh, Bill Belichick decided to give me my old job back since, cause uh, I forgot. We got for some
2: Matt buzz. You look like <laughs> it.
3: <laughs> no, you know, like I said, I'm just glad uh, he let me venture out and, uh, you know, kind of destroy my career in Detroit and then bet yet to come back and uh, hang out in new England uh, with, with a, a, a new Cape job with, uh, with him. I, I like, Miami here I just think that you know with uh, Brady not there anymore uh, you know the Patriots aren't you know aren't the Patriots anymore and uh, you know is Matt Jones really the answer in the in the thing I don't know but I like to in the in the Dolphins here.
2: Yep I'm just gonna roll with it I uh I, again that one that one seems real fishy I'd probably stay away in real life Panthers Browns Baker Mayfield revenge game Deshaun Watson 11 game suspension they kicked him to the curb or excuse me, kicked Baker to the curb. He's now in Carolina. Browns are paying a decent bit of his salary, actually. Um, this is a pick 'em. Carolina is an interesting team. They're supposed to be bad, but they have some talent. The defense is actually not that bad. People aren't sold on the coach, Matt Rule. He's a prime candidate for the first coach fired. But uh, Baker's a competent quarterback. Baker, if I know anything about the guy, he loves to take vengeance uh, against someone he feels is wrong to him. Uh, this one's easy to me. I'll take Carolina at home here.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. I uh, I, I like the vengeance factor. I, I'm a, I'm a, a big fan of that. So let's go with some vengeance and uh, Baker Mayfield.
2: Bengals at home against the Steelers at Cincinnati minus six and a half. Joe Burrow they shirt up the offensive line. All the weapons return. A lot of people high on Cincinnati this year and for good reason. Meanwhile, the Steelers ushering out the Big Ben era. Um, new quarterback who is for now Mitch Trubisky or Mitchell Trubisky, excuse me. Um, Kenny Pickett. Probably eventually ends up winning this job, their first-round draft pick out of Pitt. He's actually technically the third string right now, so I'm not even sure he'll dress out this week because you typically only dress two quarterbacks, Mason Rudolph being the second string for now. But I think uh, Pickett eventually wins this job. It's Cincinnati minus six and a half. I'm going to do what I did last year. Every Pittsburgh went up to Buffalo last year. Everyone was on Buffalo to destroy them. The line was about the same. I picked Pittsburgh and they won the game outright. You know why? Weird stuff happens in week one that doesn't make any sense. I'm taking the Steelers because I feel like everyone's on Cincinnati. I don't think they'll win the game. I don't think it'll have any indication on this season. But this is my week one gets weird pick.
3: Yeah, I uh, I, I like Pittsburgh here also. Um, you know, there's a there's an angle that is, uh, that is not quite used a lot. But I will say it works a lot. The um, – Whoever wins the Super Bowl or wins the NBA Finals or anything like that, their their home game, their first home game, they usually lose. And like okay. the, the Rams, the Rams lost last night, so that just kind of locked locked me in, you know, on on, on that angle. So um, yeah, whenever there's a ring ceremony and everything's all like glit and glamour, always take the the uh, the the opposite team. But um, yeah, I, I I liked your pick here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll with you on that.
2: I wish you'd have told me that theory before kickoff last night.
3: Because uh, that actually makes sense. Yeah, it kind of well, spin. you know, Cooper Cup was minus 120 to score a touchdown tomorrow, or yesterday, last night. He's I mean, unbelievable, I, man. And, you know, of course, they only score one touchdown, and Cooper Cup scores it. You know, that's just, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I think uh, Hunter Riffro is going to be the next Cooper Cup this year. I, kinda, I, I really wanted to get him in my fantasy football
2: there we go, bold projections. Is Cooper Cup not worth the number one overall draft pick? I get the Jonathan Taylor, the Christian McCaffrey's, but that's as automatic as anyone in playing in in football right now. Like I would just, I almost thought about it like uh, after the fact, watching last night. I was like, I should have just taken him if I had the number one overall pick. I didn't, but like I don't get why more people wouldn't just do that. It's literally automatic. Um, all right, keeping it moving here, the Bears, prime candidate to be the worst team in football, probably the overwhelming favorite. Uh, I don't really know what they're doing. It's a rebuild. It's a new regime, but they've surrounded Justin Fields with pretty much no skill skill talent at the skill positions um, and then pretty much a uh, pretty horrible offensive line. So uh, thoughts and prayers to Mr. Fields. It is Chicago plus six and a half at home against the 49ers. This is a stay away to me, um, but I'm actually going to get gross and take the Bears. This is another week one weird things happen game. Trey Lance, first ever NFL start. He's a six-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against anyone. Um, no thanks. I'd like to wait and see. Again, this is a stay away in my book, but I'll take uh, Chicago for the sake of it because we do pick them all.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I would say that, you know, just that your casual, you know, uh, nonchalant better that doesn't uh, do any research. I mean, you're all on San Francisco on this one, and just uh, which you should be because they're probably the better team and they should win by a touchdown, but – You know, this is the NFL, so uh, you you can't doubt the professional athlete. So I'm going to go with you on the Bears on this too also. There you go.
2: Football is officially back. We got our first don't doubt the professional athlete pick. We are uh, now fully immersed in football season. Detroit, plus four at home against the Eagles. Detroit getting probably a little buzz from the hard knocks. Dan Campbell seems like a nice guy, a very interesting guy. They have a better roster than I think maybe some would, uh, would think on the surface. I just don't know. I don't know if I see it with the quarterback. Philadelphia gave Jalen Hurts a lot of weapons. They traded for A.J. Brown. Uh, Offensive line should be better this year. I don't really love Hurts, but I can't knock him. Look, he did make the playoffs last year. They beat a bunch of really bad teams. I think they were 1-7 or something against playoff teams. And then like 9 or, I don't know, point being, of their 9 wins, uh, they were all against teams under 500 except one, um, I'm going to go Detroit here. I just think plus 4 at home opening weekend. They are not going to end up being very good, but I think Detroit could get to that 6-7 win mark if golf is somewhat competent. So I'm going to go with the Lions here.
3: Yeah, I I mean like I said, uh, um I'm going to agree with you. I I like the Dan Campbell situation. Um uh, you know, of course you almost you like to pull for nice guys and nice people and you hope they succeed, but you know, sometimes this um uh uh, a light goes on or the light bulb gets turned to the right and it comes on. And who knows? I mean, I think that, you know, these uh, watching the hard knocks, I mean, you look like they've kind of bought into the system and who knows Uh, they might um, play with a little bit more, but I I like Detroit. I just, I, I like these home dogs. Houston plus
2: seven at home against the Indianapolis Colts. Indy goes and gets Matt Ryan. I think they're going to win that division because my Titans took a step back, did nothing in free agency, then traded AJ Brown. I just don't love the Titans' chances this year. You lose Harold Landry, pass rusher. So Indy's probably the favorite to win this cupcake of a division. Houston plus seven at home. Davis Mills was a really good quarterback last year uh, in uh, in a bad situation and kind of got noticed for it at the end. Um, other than he's the guy with the super long neck, uh, if I remember that correctly. So other than being a meme, he actually seems a uh, like a pretty functional quarterback. Um, I think Indy's going to be really good this year, but uh, too many points here. Houston plus seven. I'm taking them at home. I am on a lot of bad teams this week. My God.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, you know, I'm in the same boat. It's. Uh, it's. If you either want me to paddle it in the front or the back, I'll. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll. I'll. I'll paddle this boat. So yeah, I just think you know uh, the NFL. You, you just take points here in the first couple of weeks until until you know you're proved right. Yes, Indianapolis is probably going to be. Uh, two, uh, you know, should win this game by two touchdowns. But, again, you just don't, you know, don't don't question the professional athlete. You don't question the NFL uh, uh, handicappers. So, I'm going to roll with that. Ooh, hold your nose at this one. The Washington
2: Commanders, I'm just going to keep calling them the professional football team, minus two and a half at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Carson Wentz, the quarterback for the Commanders, they do have some good skill position talent between Terry McLaurin um you got antonio gibson i like the brian robinson pick unfortunately he got shot in a carjacking which is a wild story and he'll be out for a while um i just i can't do the wince thing jacksonville plus two and a half you get trevor lawrence with a little bit better offensive line um a better head coach and doug peterson maybe this is a trap but i'm taking jacksonville plus two and a half here
3: yeah i mean again (laughs) this is gonna be either really really good or really really bad i'm gonna go with jacksonville too um I um I I've, I've got a uh, fantasy sleeper on the Jack Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, he's going to probably go off this week and uh, uh, everybody's going to want to get in on him. But you know when you draft the sleeper, uh, you 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 get to hold on to the sleeper all week, all year. Just to recap,
2: our last four picks have been the Bears, the Lions, the Texans, and the Jags. So just getting really down and dirty week one. Yeah, I don't even
3: think I don't think I don't even think our our, our moms are going to listen to the podcast anymore after these picks.
2: You should be disgusted with it. Um, all right, afternoon games, late afternoon. We got a little bit more marquee matchups here. Arizona hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Really noisy off season for uh, Arizona. Uh, Murray wanted the new contract. I don't think Kingsbury is a very good coach. Watkins or DeAndre Hopkins, excuse me, suspended. This is still too many points. though. it's Arizona plus six. I think the Chiefs are going to be better than some people uh let on. It'll be a different type of Chiefs offense, but they do have the best quarterback on the planet. That being said, their defense, they're kind of doing a lot of the um the Aaron Rodgers kind of Matt Stafford thing in Detroit and Green Bay that they that uh with Mahomes. They're surrounding it with not very good defenses. And that's a storyline that's kind of gone under the radar. I think they'll be better by the end of the year. But uh, Arizona always starts off hot and then falls off. So I think they torch this Chiefs defense. I don't know if they win the game, but six is too many. Give me the Cardinals here.
3: Yeah, is it? Uh, and didn't Kyler Murray have, uh, is he a modern warfare guy? What, what game does, what game, what, what gamer is he?
2: Apparently, he hates film and loves Call of Duty. So they basically just Call put it Duty. in his contract, I think, I guess to embarrass the guy and then leak it. I don't really know. That was a bizarre storyline that you, he has to do four hours of independent film study without the Xbox on. So I think he's a big COD guy.
3: Oh, wow. That's that, what's really funny about that whole deal was uh, I think the last preseason game. Uh, his headphones that he was using, uh, were actually gamer phone,
2: gamer phones. uh, Um,
3: yeah, I, I kind of agree with you on the, on the, um, on the Arizona thing, you know, there's just, um, something about these home dogs, uh, first week, I'm just going to roll with every single one of them.
2: Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you there. I just think that's too many points. I'm all over the home dog there. Ooh, good one here. Chargers minus three and a half at home against the Las Vegas Raiders. This will be the best division in football. The quarterbacks in this division are Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes, and now Russell Wilson. Holy cow. Could you finally see a division get all four teams in the playoffs with the new expanded wild card? I think the AFC is too good for that to happen. If this division was in the NFC, I would actually, uh, that would be an interesting prop bet. I think it could actually happen. You got the Chargers minus three and a half here at home um love herbert love herbert and this is a rematch of that weird week 17 matchup where if they tied they both got in the playoffs and then you had the timeout off and the one of the craziest professional sporting events i've seen in a long time um i don't trust staley i don't trust the coach i love the what the raiders did with devontae adams i'm going to take the points here and take the las vegas raiders minus three and a half or plus three and a half on the road i think they may actually win this game outright
3: yeah, I mean it should be a good game, and you gotta love the uh, the uh, division, you know, rivals uh, first week. You know, really gets you uh, gets you locked in on the uh, the TV screen. Um, with that being said, I think I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to go with Herbert and the uh, the Chargers here. Uh, I just I think they win by a touchdown. Okay, there we go. We've got the Chargers minus three. I
2: haven't used any locks yet. I'll throw my first lock on the uh, Cardinals. Actually, retroactively, I keep forgetting we have those. Um, My second one's going to go right here. It's Minnesota plus one and a half at home against the Green Bay Packers. Minnesota, pretty good, like roster wise, for whatever you think of Kirk Cousins. They got great weapons. I don't love the Packers in the spot in week one. I think Minnesota wins this outright, and I'm locking it for my second one.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, no Devontae Adams, and, uh, you know, um, the Green Bay has kind of controlled this division for the last couple of years. And, um, you know, I, 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 I think Justin Jefferson and uh Kirk Cousins is a is a really good, you know, combo, and uh who knows, they might, you know, have a shot at winning this uh division. I, I'm I'm going to start it out with Minnesota with you too. I like Minnesota.
2: All right, we got two more than the Sud, the or two more than the Monday night game. Tennessee Titans minus five and a half at home against the New York Giants. Daniel Jones, kind of a prove-it year. They got an offensive coach in Brian Dayball. I think he's pretty good. Comes down from Buffalo. I don't love anything that the Titans did this offseason at all other than draft Traylon Burks from Arkansas. I think he's really going to be really good. That being said, um, I actually like the uh, – I think I like – ah, damn, I don't know. I'll go Titans minus five and a half. I just – this could be a close game and then Danny Dimes throws two picks back to back and all of a sudden the Titans are up seventeen without actually doing anything impressive. I'm gonna go Titans minus five and a half here.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna go Titans too. I mean, you know, after uh I think I saw um I think I saw a tweet and it said that Daniel Jones is in uh is in mid season form and I don't even think he uh came remotely close to to throwing the ball to the receiver. It was that bad. So uh unless Saquon Bartley Runs for two fifty and three touchdowns. I, I don't see it happening, so I'm gonna go Titans here. We uh we
2: only got two games left. You still have all five locks in the holster. Would you like to retroactively use any of these?
3: You most of the best? <laughs> I, told, I, I totally forgot about locks because you know they're really not locks. They're just prayers. So that is um, correct.
2: <laughs> we'll call them. Uh, I like that. Go. I will call them prayers going forward.
3: Yeah, we're gonna start calling them prayers. Yeah, the the the, uh, the fresh cut prayer of the of the, of the week.
2: <laughs> we get five of them. We pray five days a week on this show. Um, Cowboys, Bucks, Sunday night football. Dak with a little bit of an ankle thing that showed up on the injury report later this week. Bucks weird offseason. They lose a couple offensive linemen. Brady goes missing for 11 days. There's some, some stuff about uh, him and Giselle things not being great at home. Um, I don't know what to make of this. I think I'm gonna go Tampa minus two and a half, just because I think Dallas is kind of a mess, and I think Tom Brady can overcome it. So I'm gonna go Tampa minus two on the road here.
3: Uh, I'm for some strange reason I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. I don't know why. Um, I'm just gonna roll with the Cowboys. Maybe because uh, I'm, uh of Mike Renfro, uh, I met him and and uh, hung out at Lone Star Park, and uh, so I'll, I'll give. Um, the recent trip to Dallas, uh, some vindication and, uh, we'll go with the Cowboys first week.
2: There you go. Sunday or Monday night game Seahawks plus six and a half at home against the Broncos. Russell Wilson returns to Seattle in his first game with Denver Seahawks don't really know what they're doing at quarterback. I guess they're going with Geno Smith. I don't even actually know. Um, but this feels like a game where all the world is on Denver. So I'm going to take Seattle here and I don't really know why, but I got no other explanation. Seattle plus six and a half, not putting a ton of thought into it.
3: Yeah, I think that's a really good logic. You know, just don't uh, overthink it and be like, oh, Seattle's a, a disaster. They've got this going on. They got this going on. They got this going on. Well, that's perfect. Let's bet them.
2: You on Seattle, too?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: There we have it. That is week one in the NFL. This has been week three of Fresh Cuts. This was fun, as always, my man. We'll talk to you again next week and see how these picks turned out.
3: Oh, yeah. Let's see if we can't get out of this hole. If not, we're going to be in a deeper hole, but that's fine. We'll we'll, uh, we'll bet every week like we do every week.
2: Yes, we will. Talk to you soon. All right, that is our show. If you made it to the end, I appreciate you making this podcast a part of your day. We will be back on Sunday with something it may be chase it may be buchanan it may be weldon Rodenberg. i got to check my man's flight schedule on his way back from europe but we will have something for you on sunday appreciate you guys listening to this podcast as always have a great and wonderful weekend uh, i'm headed to my first ole miss game since uh, a year ago so we'll see how that goes y'all have a great safe weekend and we'll talk to you on sunday
4: the headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing